everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Double Date with Dateline. Double date! This is an IDU Network show. This is our second? Third. Third. A third blood relatives from Investigation Discovery. Third time's the charm. No, third time's a snake charmer. There you go. This episode is called Bloody Valentine. And it is season Ooh. six, episode one. Valentine's Day plays almost no part in it. Just not really almost at all. So there's that. Yeah, it really doesn't. It's it's a minor, minor detail. Yeah, a much bigger theme is mushrooms. So I'm going to have lots of questions. Also, I hate mushrooms. It's a little triggering for me. I thought it was interesting that you picked this. I want to face my fears. You have a lot of fears. We've discussed it. It's It's out there. But like if we were playing the newlywed game, and they said, what is Kimberly the most afraid of? I would probably write mushrooms. You would? Hoping that you would then say mushrooms because it's an it's one that stands out, right? Yeah. Because everyone's going to say dying. So I would say mushrooms. <laughs> so I was surprised that you picked this because it, it's right off the bat. We get mushrooms. No, I'm getting a lot better. I'm really getting a lot better. I can even like have them on my plate. I just have to pick them out of the food. Do you know what it's from? Yeah. From when I was a child and I've remember one biting me but i know that that's not really possible but i remember it very vividly happening a mushroom came to life and and bit you no i like touched it i touched like the part underneath and it like closed in and bit my finger i don't want to talk about it so it's all i want to talk about (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. i mean now looking back i realized it was most likely a dream but i have always remembered it as true or a bee or, yeah, I don't think it was a bee. Yeah, so I do not like uncooked mushrooms. If they're cooked, it's a little better because I feel like they're dead. So Okay, but otherwise the mushroom demon lives and yeah. is out for blood. Got it. Yeah. So we see a girl in a bathtub with roses, like American Beauty. Mm-hmm. Is American Beauty, is she on a bed or in a bathtub? Bed. Bed. Oh, I'm saying that very definitely, and I'm about 50%. So let's yeah, just... I know. Maybe. I think she, I think it's just a, I think just the ground is covered with, yeah, it must be a bed. I think it's a bed. Is she floating in, is she floating in space? Is she floating in And then it sort of petals? just burst forth from her top? Yeah, maybe. I've only seen it once. I've seen it like three or four times, but not for a long, long time. So she drains the bathtub and the rose petals go down the sink, the drain, and like gets get stuck like they're gonna clog up and also the drain is really clean it's not like one of those like there's no hair stuck in it or like grime well thank god yeah thank god but i just feel like that's not smart i don't know i guess it's going to all the same place where like toilet water goes right no so you can put solid things down there but it doesn't seem right this is why we're friends is because, yeah, I was like, oh, you're clogging that drain. Yeah. You're clogging that drain with those rose petals. Stop that. And it's so like there's nothing worse than a clogged drain. Right. Because unless you're trying to snake it yourself, which is disgusting, because even if it's your own hair, no, thank you. It's just, you know, it's gross. It means you're you're having to call a plumber and do the whole thing. And yeah. And then they're going to be like, oh, were you having a romantic night with someone? You're like, no, I was... A romantic bath for one? Floating, floating by myself in my own filth. I'm sorry. And who is in the tub? Tepid water. The brunette. The young girl. The teenage girl. Melissa. 
Okay. Yeah. So we are in Southern Indiana. That was just like the prequel to the episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now we're in the real episode and we are on a weekend getaway, kind of the most confusing weekend getaway. It's like a pic day picnic slash camping trip slash mus mushroom excursion slash having a really fancy outdoor meal with table and heavy chairs and linen tablecloth with like cloth napkins and glasses and champagne, but also a mushroom foraging excursion, but also a camping trip for little children. Where did that table come from? It seems that they're in the woods. Right. It's definitely outdoors. The first sign that they're not on literally camping is a woman, a very like quaffed woman comes in in a sort of a fancy summer dress in like a teal blue. And she comes in. Remember that color. She comes in and then and then all of a sudden she's opening this pic, the kind of piss picnic basket that you would ask for for your wedding. That's what I thought of because I saw them on registries and they're it has like actual metal silverware inside and like the wine glasses clipped in. It's a really fancy getup. Yeah, from like Macy's or Crane Barrel. Which is also great if it's you and your husband. But if it's two children and you and your husband, that will not suffice. That is not a... And your teenage daughter's dirtbag boyfriend. Oh, yeah. The dirtbag's there. Yeah, it, this is... And, then, and she has an apron on and she starts setting up the table. She's real glasses. I was ready for a butler to come in. Yeah, it was so confused. And the table is not a, a folding card table or something. It is like a a real, maybe there is, it's like a picnic, but it did not look like a picnic area that was established because those are benches and they're covered with bird poop. This was, they brought this somehow really solid wooden, really nicely finished chairs and a table and the tablecloth. But meanwhile, so as this is happening, there's a second table, which is where he is foraged. It's like he did a truffle. Okay, it was a truffle hunt. That's what they start by saying it is. So there's a table filled with not truffles or mushrooms, jars of floating things in formaldehyde that looks like he's a chemistry teacher, like floating maybe embryos of pig fetuses or something weird things they're probably all mushrooms but so many like 30 jars so does he bring that's not what he forged today it could be that that is he brought those supplies i feel like some of were brought from home some were done today so he's immediately putting them in that liquid to preserve them whatever right. they are so he's yeah. trying i'm sure it's so not formaldehyde I think some, definitely not. I think some of them he's bringing to compare so he can see if he already has those specimens. I'm sure some of them he's using to like try to find the mushroom family, fauna family that they're in. But then that's what this, this, this trip is for. You're also having a sit down five course meal with your family and the five-year-old little girl is running around. I don't understand how he's dedicating his time. No, no. But They're in their backyard. They live on a property. They're in their backyard. This is somewhere on their property that they have like a setup. 
that there's no way that they left town for this. No, they said they said weekend getaway. Well, then I, ha- I, I have to let it go because now, now I, I don't know. I have I have there's too many questions. This is like the doll in the last episode. Did anyone know what the doll was? Best comment was the doll is one of those rescue workers that had to rappel down the side to rescue him and tragically fell to his death. And turned so, into a doll because there was a warlock at the bottom. How did he yeah, turn into a doll? I don't know, but I thought it was funny. That is good. He fell into the ravine. Was anybody as astounded as we were oh, or were all, we the most was. astounded? They thought okay. the picture was worse than we have made it sound. They did not understand the doll. Did ID reach out? No. Sadly, no. Okay. But you know what I've noticed? Well, I'll get to it. So there's mushrooms, a lot of mushrooms going on. So I think this is going to be a mushroom episode, right? Like somehow we've switched from insects and reptiles and amphibians to to foods. Oh, no. I thought it was like I thought it was like the 12 sided dice from the first from the first episode that we covered where we're seeing a, a hint of something in this opening scene that comes to play later. So I thought someone was getting poisoned. Right. Oh, 100 percent. I thought someone was getting poisoned. Yeah, absolutely. Also, they keep doing close-ups. He has a mushroom around his neck, a mushroom necklace. So, you know, he's super into it. He's not the only one. His wife has a sequined, like Swarovski crystal. No, she has a, she has not sequined. She has a crystal, full crystal out. mushroom. Cubic zirconia, like mushroom. one inch mushroom. Mm-hmm, around her neck. It's, I don't know. Then we see close-ups of Connie's daughter from her first marriage. They always point it out. They always point it out. And then, but then like halfway through the episode, they drop it and they start saying it's her dad and not her stepdad, but they never, they never decide where they're going to make that switch. They just somehow start talking about it and then stop talking about it. So Connie's daughter from a first marriage, Alyssa, cutting a bloody fish. Charming. The guts are spilling out. Ron and Connie also have a daughter together, Sandia. San, San, Sandia. Do we need to look it up? Sandia. Unsure. It's Sandia and Zendaya. Okay, we got it. <laughs> Katie's just more confused than ever. You just said so, them right next to each other. It's hard for me to keep it straight. <laughs> Sandia is the little daughter, and Sandia like Medea. Sure. So Alyssa is a teenager and she's dating Aaron. And for some reason, he's also on the truffle hunt picnic. Then Ron takes a mysterious phone call. Okay. Mm. Mark those down. I think there's three of them. The adults and the teenagers, two teenagers are sitting at the picnic table. And Ron says, Sandia, what do you see over there? Because she's acting all weird, like um, staring like she is the bad seed or the omen or something at the table with all the truffles and mushrooms on them. And she says nothing. She does not respond to her dad. And he gets up and looks and there's a giant snake on the table. Okay. So we have a snake. We are a snake episode. This is a snake friendly episode instead of a lizard or an iguana or whatever chameleon, but it's real this time. So as opposed to all the other episodes and all the other scenes in this episode, at this moment, everyone that's in the scene can see the snake and acknowledge the snake's existence. 
Whereas usually the actors are completely oblivious that there is a snake crawling across their face. Did they scream? Did they react to the snake? Yes. They go, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And Aaron, the boyfriend, goes, I'll get it. I'll take care of it. And they're like, Sandia, get away from it. You're going to react to that boa constrictor? What are you? I mean, what? how are you going to get it? How are you going to get a snake that big? He picks it up and takes it out into the woods. That's a big it snake. It was a big snake. It was like Britney Spears, I'm a Slave for You video. It was a, almost like that. <laughs> it was pretty It was big. some sort of like a python. It was How big. did you get up on that table? Do snakes like truffles? Probably. What is it doing know. on their getaway? Where are they? <laughs> where Again, where are they? But aren't you surprised that it was real? It's like they're breaking the rules of the show. Because heretofore, here to, up until now, no one has ever seen the chameleon or the iguana or whatever and it's been symbolism the audience can see it but the actors walk right past it like it doesn't exist but let's think about this for a minute what episode is this season six episode one new season something new latest season new year new me perhaps they just sort of ran out of the other thing also bloody valentine is not quite a play on words as right. much as the other titles as much have as the been. Usual ones. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying maybe we're having a switch in season six. It's possible. Also, I was watching some of the earlier seasons and I didn't always see a bug or a iguana or a reptile or whatever. So I don't know if they always had that theme. Also, the intro has changed. They changed some of the family members in the intro package where it's like the the really rich family staring unhappily at the camera. They've changed. They've swapped out. They had. They have two daughters now. At first, there was one daughter and two guys. Whoever that girl was or that guy was, he got swapped. He got cut. And he didn't even have to do anything. They don't talk or anything. It's just the intro, the model family for the intro. Hmm. They were not happy, though. The mom is the same and the dad's the same. So anyways, back to the story. So they're eating this. This Now they're eating dinner at the house where we've cut scenes we're now at the dinner party and it's the three of them most scenes have Alyssa the teenage daughter Connie the mom and Ron the dad Sandia where is the child child? because this child is neglected she is never fed or seen who lay to rest on Mary's yeah she's gone where is her nutrients coming from? Because we never see her get to participate in meals or anything. So I'm concerned. Call CPS. So, but there's an, there is a dinner guest at this episode. Ron has invited his special friend, Roger, a coworker. I thought special friend, it was going to be something else. I got excited. Is a coworker. Ron makes a toast for this makes no sense. Okay. He makes a toast at the table and says, I got a promotion. Yay. Everyone's happy. The bad news is I'm going to be working at the Dayton office 200 miles away. And Connie in Ohio. Yeah. And Connie is like, you took a job that far away and you didn't tell me. And also, why is Roger here? Because she's staring daggers. She's very uncomfortable with Robert Roger here. It's clear she hates Roger. But daughter Alyssa is starting to think, hmm, my dad's going to be out of town a lot because it turns out he's going to stay in the city and only come home for the weekends. So she's excited. So why is Roger there? Because 
it's the 1940s, I guess. And the ladies of the house need a man to check in on them during the week when Ron is out of town working. No, thank you. Yeah. So Roger's like, if you ever need anything, I'll be here. And so Connie's glaring at him and she looks down at her plate. It's an empty plate. And then she imagines it. They go to the the camera turns all gray and she sees a plate of like gross, bloody worms and worms or baby snakes, babies. There you, you got it. Baby snakes. So next scene, Alyssa and her best friend, Melissa, who is the girl with the roses at the beginning doing the American beauty who one of them is a bad influence or maybe they're a bad influence on each other. They're testing the limits of Ron being out of town. So Alyssa invites Aaron, her boyfriend over in secret and Melissa has brought alcohol for them to drink. And it turns out her grades are slipping. Uh Oh, and Alyssa usually has great grades because Ron pushes her. So Melissa is prepping Alyssa for Ron, for Aaron to come over by like pulling up Alyssa's bra Like, she needs to be perkier. She's 16. They're fine where they are. Like, trust me. I could use some help, but she doesn't. Of course they're doing that. No, of course. That's, like, the the thing. Is that a thing that you you perk each other's boobs when you're a teenage girl? I think it was more like you're trying to be sexy, so they were trying to find some action that she could do, so she pulls (laughs) the sides of her bra. Yeah. And it's like, what? A, yeah, maybe they were the the bra was uneven or something. I don't know. I mean, I get <laughs> what they were doing. It's just I we all understood the gist. I was confused. She needed to be cute. And yeah. so, yeah. So Aaron comes over, but they don't invite him in. He stands outside on the grass underneath the balcony because she has a balcony to her bedroom. And so it turns into the weirdest Romeo and Juliet role play scene ever. Because there's the two teenage girls on the balcony and they just start taking their shirt off. And then they're like, you now, Aaron. So Aaron's on the ground floor on the grass outside at night. He takes his shirt off. And then they, so it's this weird stripping game where he's stripping on the lawn outside. And is really, really ripped. Can we also just, this is the series where every guy looks like one of those romance novel pictures where like they're just incredibly built. I mean, yeah, he looks like an Abercrombie model or something. Yeah, I guess, except not less floppy hair, but yeah, totally. And less sunburn. <laughs> so then, and they keep cutting to like, oh, so they're throwing their clothes down on the flo- the ground. Sure. That, that's not going to be annoying to pick up later. <laughs> no, the shirts are flying past the mom's window. And the mom keeps like looking out the window thinking she's seeing something, but she's like, oh, I'm crazy. I'm not seeing anything. So then they tell Aaron, close your eyes. And you think they're going to take their their like bras off. Yeah. Instead, Alyssa and Melissa get a bottle of a bucket of water and splash it down on him. And he has zero reaction at all. Like... The most good-natured guy I've, and he's not. You know, he's a bag of wieners, and he's just like, oh, oh, oh. But he's wet. not even that surprised. Not even he doesn't because, also, if you're trying not to wake your parents, the thing you shouldn't do is toss a bucket of water right onto, when someone's going to scream because it's cold, 
an undressed guy in your front yard. And yes. the neighbors are going to call the police. Right. He acts like his eyes were closed, but he somehow saw it coming because he's just like, oh, OK, that was fun. He's like, that he's, chill. He's that. Chill. <laughs> it's like the ice bucket challenge, but not for charity. And again, I was so confused. Is this what teenagers do for fun? These weird striptease games, but outside and throw buckets of water. When I was a teenager, I cut photos out of Jonathan Taylor Thomas and I worried about my acne. What if you were an adult and worried about your acne and maybe also possibly cut out pictures of Jonathan Taylor Thomas as an adult? I still do both of those things today. I just didn't want to admit them. Well, I probably can't help you with your nerdiness because that's in the past, but I could help with adult acne. Let's talk about apostrophe. Yeah. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company for people that are ready to take their acne serious. And I had some serious acne, y'all. So I was really excited to find apostrophe. Prescription acne treatment really, really works, but it's kind of hard to get. You have to take time off work to see a doctor, sit in line at a pharmacy for your medications, and that's if you can find a doctor with an appointment available in the next six months. But now there's apostrophe. Apostrophe makes it easy to see a board-certified dermatologist online. You'll get treated immediately, and your medications are delivered to your home. It's as easy as that. Simply fill out Apostrophe's online questionnaire about your skin concerns and medical history. You take a few selfies and your dermatologist online will get back to you with a customized treatment plan tailored just for you. The best part is that Apostrophe offers topical and oral medication so you can treat your acne from the inside out and the outside in. And Apostrophe treats acne miraculously in my case, and they can also help you with other skincare goals like reducing redness, wrinkles, or even dark spots. So like I said, I was really trying to treat my adult acne. I have since branched out into some wrinkle treatments, which I have found very useful, very helpful, and those are topical treatments. But to treat my acne, I was prescribed online by an apostrophe dermatologist oral treatment. It was really nice to know that I had a real dermatologist on the other end of the computer and that my plan was tailored to me. Submitting my visit was really, really quick. I didn't need to schedule an appointment or wait any time. I just filled out the forms online and immediately someone responded to me and I was off to the races on my skincare journey. Now, let's talk about the ease of having medications delivered to your door. It is so phenomenal. First of all, they come in the cutest boxes you've ever seen with like a postcard and stickers to personalize your prescription bottle. Just the ease of having them come to you is fantastic. And then having them be so cute and professional looking is even better. I use the little, they have these really hard formed cardboard boxes that I use to keep safety pins in, Q-tips in because they're reusable. So hey, reduce, reuse, recycle everybody. Now, if you're ready to get serious about your skincare, visit apostrophe.com and get $15 off your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist. That's apostrophe.com slash date dateline and use our code date dateline. This code is only available to our listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash date dateline, click begin visit, and then use the code date dateline at sign up and you'll get $15 off your dermatology visit. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E 
dot com slash date date line and use that code date date line to get your dermatology visit for $15 off. Thank you so much apostrophe for really honestly changing the game in skincare because apostrophe means clear skin for me. <laughs> Wee. Wee. <laughs> that makes me think of that pig that goes out the window. The piggy that went wee, wee, wee all the way home. Have you seen that commercial? And he's got the pinwheel. Yeah. Oh, no. I have no idea. What you're... And he's going, Wee! you haven't seen that one? I don't know. It's a piggy out the window and he's going, wee, and he's got a pinwheel that's spinning. Oh, yeah. He's in a car, though. Yeah, he's in a car. Okay. Yeah, I've seen that one. I thought that was really funny. Thank yeah. you so much, Apostrophe. <laughs> Sorry about all the pig talk. They like it. That pig is adorable. He's going home to get his apostrophe. He doesn't have to go to the drugstore anymore. He's delivered to his door. That pig is stoked. He's got Mm -hmm. great skin. So when Ron comes home from work, he's been gone all week. Connie is cleaning the house in heels and a slip. Six inch heels and a slip. And then she puts a dress on over her slip and then takes off the cleaning gloves. Very confused. I'm sorry. Are we going to talk about the color palette? Yes. She only wears blues. They all only wear blue unless they're not together. If they're in a scene together or in the home, they are in Tiffany blue or teal. Okay. All the time. And then we go and we see the decor in at least Alyssa's bedroom is all blue. Blue lamps, blue valance over the bed, blue picture on the wall. Yeah, she has a tapestry behind her that's blue. Mm-hmm. Everyone is in a blue palette unless they're doing something outside of being together. So I I understand that the, what the wardrobe person is doing, but she's also dressing Connie very much like a 1950s housewife. Yes, absolutely. Sort of circle skirts, boat neck, like sort of a shorter bob that's sort of wavy. She's just very that. I thought I saw some tartan, but I could have just been imagining it from last week. Things flashback. It's just, just. But I thought I saw Alyssa wearing a tartan. Yeah, I see it everywhere now. That's good color spotting, Katie. Oh, it's so obvious. They were seemingly doing it on purpose that they, in that opening scene, are all in the same color. But it's like that, it gives it that play effect. Like it's like a, a Christmas card type effect. And like like the family at the beginning. In Norman the intro, Rockwell. They're exactly like they're getting their paintings done or something. So it was very, very much stylized. And I thought it was I didn't hate it. It was fun. Yeah. So they argue over Alyssa. Also, do you ever clean in slip and heels? What's a slip? Like a slip (laughs) and fall? Like I got to call a lawyer. Do women not wear slips anymore? I never wear dresses. I don't know. They argue over Alyssa's dropping grades. Ron blames Connie for being too easy on Alyssa and that Aaron, who again is in his briefs again in her bedroom this time. Oh, my goodness. And so Aaron is distracting her. So then Ron goes upstairs to talk to Alyssa about her slipping grades, because that's what you want to hear from your stepdad when he's been away at work all weekend, all week. And he comes just wants to talk to you about his grades. He walks in, Alyssa fully dressed, sitting on the bed, Aaron half naked. So they seem to be doing that stripping game. But instead of taking off one item of clothing each, this time 
it's like they're playing strip poker and Aaron was losing, but there are no cards. He's just standing there in his briefs, just standing there. And Alyssa's fully clothed on the bed, just looking at him. This is a common occurrence. They're not making out or anything. In this series, if there is an opportunity for a gentleman to be not fully dressed, he will be. But in the other series we saw, they're making out or doing the shenanigans when they are half naked. This time, Alyssa's fully dressed. You're forgetting the first episode. We kept seeing the stepson. Just He would be in his room in his boxers for no No, reason. He did just like to do that. You're right, in front of his dad. Yeah, that's true. Question. How old is Aaron? Are we led to believe that he's older than high school? He looks older than high school, but... Well, they, I mean... But, yeah, she's, I think, Alyssa's 16-ish. They, I don't think we get exact ages on anybody, yeah. do we? Okay. So maybe Aaron is 17, maybe 18. I don't know. Okay, okay. Maybe he's a freshman in grad school. I don't know. He's just not going to grad school. Mm-mm. He's a dummy. So we see, I'm sorry, but it's true. He just likes to stand around naked all the Girl, time. Girl, I've known plenty of dummies that go to grad school. So that's true. It really means so nothing. So we see a snake crawling across her dresser and no one notices that there's a giant snake in the house. So now we're back to it being just symbolism and the actors don't notice. Ron decides that Alyssa's grades slipping and Connie is acting weird. It's too much. He's been spending too much time at work. He needs to spend more time with the family. Cut to a photo of the three of them. Where's Sandia? I don't know. I'm really worried at this point. Is he? Is she not count as part of the family that he wants to spend time with? Okay. So then he says, girls. Again, he's talking to Connie and Alyssa. No Sandia to be seen. I have a special Valentine's Day plan for my girls. Sandia doesn't count. He gives the girls his credit card and they get to go shopping. And Alyssa's bringing her friend Melissa and the three of them are going to go shopping. They come home with his credit card and they find Ron dead. Where is Sandia? We'll find out later. Connie collapses on the floor. She calls 911. She's very upset. He's been murdered. It's Valentine's Day. There's blood all over the card that he gave her. And that's the extent of the Valentine's Day talk. That's it. Period. They were allowed to go shopping for Valentine's Day. And he gave her a card that later got blood all over it. The end. That's it. So all of the detectives that come to the scene have huge badges around their necks. I liked that too. Mm -hmm. Big ones. It's a gunshot to the forehead. And there's snake inside the house again. Oh, yeah. Nothing's missing. So it's not a robbery. There's nothing missing. So it's not a robbery. No sign of forced entry. So I don't know what they were hoping that this would look like, whoever did this. Because it certainly looks like a purposeful hit on someone. If there's a shot in the forehead. Yeah. That, I mean, I don't, I'm not a police officer, but. But at least try to break a window or something. Take a necklace. So you could say it's a, I don't know. Also, his mushrooms, his precious mushrooms have fallen all over the floor. Disarray. Bloody mushrooms on the floor. It's so sad. I was like, they're bloody. They're dead. Good. Killed them. Hmm. Connie tells the detectives he was a great husband and a father. Nothing makes sense. She's all very calm. She is quaffed and put together in her dress. She is, it's, she's perfection. 
calmly talking about how great he was. She did say he had some work issues that he had had to fire some people. Maybe it was someone who got fired. Also, Ron had been receiving threatening phone calls. So now we know there have been three times where he stepped away to go, I can't talk to you right now. And we never knew who it was. We thought maybe he was having an affair because this show is about that. But no, he maybe was having to fire people. Oh, boy. She says he was keeping a gun in his truck for protection. The police search his car. They can't find the gun. His office, they call the office, and the office says no one had a problem with him here. He was great. So, hmm. And then we see the two detectives working, and their two desks face each other in a completely dark room. We're back in the dark room again. But also, it was cute. I love the way their desks face each other, like at school or something. Would you do that with me if we shared an office? Yeah, sure. I might want a partition, going to be honest. I like a little privacy. I don't like those open floor plans. What about a, a door? What about shutters that we could open or close? I like that. But then I would know what kind of a day you were having if I came in and the shutters were closed. I'd be like, oh. Oh, yeah. You're making a statement when you close those. It's one of those days. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want you to think it's you. It might just be I'm farting a lot. Well, maybe we could just have a flag. Maybe there would be a flag system where like a red flag means it's absolutely you. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then like a yellow flag was like personal issues. And then a green flag was like, this is just temporary. I'll open it in a second. Right. And a gray flag means I'm farting up my side of the room. Yeah. Stink bomb. Yeah. Yeah. So we see Ron's dead foot with a toe tag on at the coroner's, which I was a little surprised. I felt like it was a little aggressive. I don't do they still do that with the toe tag? There has to be a better system. I feel like somehow that's done digitally, but I I could be wrong. Right. I would think like with a scan or something, but I don't know. Maybe they still do. A barcode? Oh, God, I don't know. Yeah, I don't Very know. Morbid. Somebody let us know. Or don't. Or don't. They. I'm curious. I just won't tell Katie. They interview Alyssa, but Connie is there being like, don't say anything. Like giving her the look. Yeah. Like, mm, and being like, we're done here. I don't think she has time. She can answer any more questions. She's very upset. My daughter takes her away. She has, she, her grades are slipping. Did you not hear every, and the police are like, we did hear her grades are slipping. <laughs> Everyone in town is talking about how her grades are slipping. Also, this interrogation with Alyssa seems to be happening in a storage facility. Off, Like you see the big roll up door. It's like literally a storage where it's it's like at a storage place. It's unit number six and they roll it up and they do their interrogation. It's very discreet. Yeah. They interview Roger, family friend, who says he had gotten close to the family, even making friends with Aaron. Why? No one knows why he was that close to the family that he made friends with Aaron Alyssa's boyfriend. And he and Aaron go for a jog together. I know why. He's buying weed from him. There you go. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But they're jogging together. Yeah. And then they're smoking and a joint. they smoke together after they jog? Yes. 100%. Okay. We solved it. So, and it's like a lot of like, catch up, old man. <laughs> Those, that kind of joking around. But then he admits he's been having an affair with Connie. Who saw that coming? Everyone. I thought she hated him. 
Oh, I thought the minute, the minute he was there with that like sort of slimy smile, like snaky smile, I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, he did a slimy smile, but she saw worms on her plate. She saw the worms when she was looking at him. So I thought she hates this man. I fell for it. I thought she saw snakes because he took the promotion. Maybe. But she was glaring at, at Roger. Like, why is Roger here? You invited Roger? Yeah, a little bit. But maybe she was like that because they were sleeping together. But I don't think they started sleeping together till he took this big job and was away from the house. So we see them doing the business. He's saying, you are one beautiful woman. Hi. Oh. Hi. Stop. So Connie would tell him, Ron is so horrible to me. And so she's doing the little building of the, you know, planting the seeds. Right. And then we get one of the most intimate shots of sexualness. It's too much. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm just going to say it's an aerial shot from the ceiling. I didn't see it. They're straddling. It's it's a lot. Katie has completely blocked it out of her memory. No, I don't look. If I know that it's happening, I just immediately look away. It was a lot. Like the movements felt very. Why do you pick these? I don't know. This is a general audience's podcast. <laughs> so I try to pick ones that don't have and it turns out they still do. <laughs> I had picked one that you ignored that I didn't think had that much. It had like a couple scenes. I thought you wanted to do it. I'll do it. I did. But okay, that's a, I'll well, do we it. We can't anymore. After Dark series has to come to a close. <laughs> no. Let us know if you would like After Dark to continue. Yeah, let us know what you think, please. <laughs> you guys have to be the tiebreaker. Yeah. You want more Katie being squeamish. We could do them all day long. It's just... We do know that they're very adult-esque. They are adult-esque. Adulty. So Roger, shockingly, has an airtight alibi. Yeah. Which he proves by taking out a briefcase in his police interrogation, opening it up, and showing police 8 by 10 blown up photographs of his car at his work parking lot. How does he have these? That's so suspicious. It, like, couldn't be more suspicious. If... Having a receipt from your fast food place without any wrinkles laminated in your purse is suspicious <laughs> at a seven. Having eight by 10 blown up shots of your alibi is a in 30. your briefcase <laughs> that you're bringing to interrogation is, is a 30. A it 30. is. Why does he have them? Also, couldn't he have taken a taxi away from work and left his car there? Thirdly... Couldn't these photos have been doctored? Yes. It's, it would be so easy to doctor those photos, unless you're me. If anyone remembers my Keanu Reeves from The Matrix dodging a cartoon bullet underwater graphic that I made in no less than four hours of my life that I will never get back, you will know that I am not great at graphic design, but I really want to get better and I want to get faster. But the programs are really confusing to me. But now I have Canva Pro and I'm taking things to the next level. Canva Pro is so easy to use. And by that, I mean, it's easy enough for me to use. And it's a design platform that allows you to design like a pro. Whether you're a professional designer or just getting started, Canva Pro is quick, easy and affordable to design whatever you want. 
everything is in one place, over 75 million photos, videos, audio, graphics, and you get it all with Canva Pro subscription. I love the templates. I have it on my phone as an app. So the other day I was playing around with it and I happened to find a really cute one that has a photo of a very pretty model in a circle and these other design elements like happy spring type stuff. And the word hello in cursive pops up on repeat. Like it's animated. They've animated graphics. Amazing. And so what I did was I replaced the circle of the model with a photo of Hawaiian Mike and Diana saying hi to each other. And the hello is popping up. Gorgeous. I saw it. I posted it on social media. I was giggling like a school person that had just discovered, I don't know, how to spell boobs on a calculator or something. I was really excited with myself. And <laughs> it. I made this wholesome design about spring and like a pretty girl saying hi. I made it into the creepiest thing ever and perfect for our social media. And it made all of you uncomfortable. So you're welcome. It was really great. Thank you. And it, do you know how long it took me? Like three minutes on my phone. Like amazing. Our Instagram account is about to get lit. I'm so excited. I know our listeners will love Canva Pro. We already have a lot of people that work in marketing, work for nonprofits, people with their own home businesses. We have a lot of crafters out there. We have students doing school projects. There are so many uses for this. Design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you get a free 45-day extended trial when you use our promo code. Just go to canva.me forward slash date date line to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash date date line. Canva.me forward slash date date line. So excited. Game changer. Absolutely. Because you know what? You can do it. <laughs> I can did that. You did. Did you see it? Wasn't it funny? I did. It was fantastic. You did great. I'm so excited to do more. So yeah, this is basically, basically all I'm going to be doing from now on. Thank you. Yeah. Connie has been dropping hints to Roger that Ron was terrible and she needed him gone. And Roger just didn't think much of it because you normally take those conversations with a grain of salt, especially if the woman is holding flower clippers and there's bloody flowers symbolically there. Um, mm. But also mushrooms and a close up of a snake in the grass. So oh much symbolism. So much. So much. They're really just they're just a literal snake in the grass. Yeah. Oh, there's something else symbolic that I forgot to mention. I felt like I had been noticing in other episodes of this series jarred things of weird things in liquid. And I thought I had noticed one in the garage where the proposal happened in the Tartan episode. Oh, okay. I just thought, I don't know what I'm seeing. And so when you said maybe the doll or there's other things, I feel like there are creepy things that would be in the basement in American Horror Story type things sure that just appear randomly kind of like the doll head and so the mushroom things go along with it and there's this clip in this episode that happens right before they go to a commercial so you think it's a scene for something that's about to come but it never comes and they're arguing connie and ron about something like how he loves his mushrooms more than her like why don't you go and marry your mushrooms if you love them so much something like that and he drops the mushrooms and the liquid and the mushrooms go all over the floor but then we never see that. I was very confused, but it was very dramatic, but we never saw it. It was like a 
coming up, but then it never came But then up. it never happened. You're right. I forgot about that. But you see, I felt like I've seen jars like that in other episodes. Maybe they take symbols from all the episodes. Maybe it's all mapped out like Lord of the Rings or like Harry Potter seasons in advance and they take symbolism from one episode and put it in another one we gotta get the ep we gotta get the executive producer on the phone i have a lot of questions we need you on the horn we need you on the horn please we have questions yeah yeah this show has stumped us it really has with its depth and it needs what's the isn't there like an encyclopedia of Lord of the Rings stuff the Silmarillion yes yeah that's what we need for this show I think yeah we do we do So Connie, shockingly, also has an alibi because she was out shopping with Alyssa and Melissa. And the police are trying to figure out who it is. And they have file folders with black and white photos of Alyssa and Melissa, like mugshots on folders. This is very dramatic. I don't know where they got those photos from. There's only one person who can confirm Connie and Alyssa's alibi. Melissa. The friend. The American beauty brunette friend mm-hmm. who brought the alcohol and encouraged the stripping and the water. But maybe Alyssa's the bad seed. We really don't know at this point. But they're both fueling each other's teenage rebellions. But we learned that Melissa hasn't been acting like herself lately. And then you're like, Melissa, Melissa, who's one of our interviews. We've been getting her interviewed the whole time. That's wild. That's wild. We're see. I mean, I will say this one. I didn't know who did it. The other ones are pretty obvious. Did you know? I didn't. I don't think I did. I thought I, I was a little confused. Yeah. Okay. My finger was not on the pulse here. Mine either. Kind of felt like everyone was involved or no one was involved. There we go. But Melissa has been interviewed this whole time, which is crazy because they're not always on these ID shows. Usually it's people extraneous to the family or a professor that studied the case or someone who's written an article reporter. Yep. Yeah. Especially for these shows that are a little bit comical and not as serious as some of the darker ones on ID. Those usually sometimes have the family, but we have Melissa. So I, I did want them to ask, do you really take a bath by yourself with rose petals when you're a teenager? And what about the drain? Did they clog the drain? But they don't ask her that. We know that was symbolic because we see roses at about five different points throughout this episode. So roses are definitely also symbolic. We see them in the opening scene when they're eating outside. For some reason, she has two dozen long stem roses that she's putting in a vase on the fancy table by all the mushrooms. Like They brought those for their picnic. Right. They brought, yeah, long stem roses, as you do. You spend $50 on roses and then take them to... To a truffle hunt with your six-year-olds. On a truffle hunt. With your hounds, I don't know. With your pigs. Also, they had to have pigs, right? Most shows can barely summon up one symbolic thread. Right. This show has like 15. So we have the mushrooms, we have the snake, and we have the roses, you're saying. We have all three. Have to get someone on the horn. <laughs> right? I'm not joking. <laughs> I need, I have a lot of questions. So many questions. So one of the cops said, okay, so they go to talk to Melissa and Alyssa is there at the house. And remember, they haven't been able to talk to Alyssa 
without the mom there. Why are they so surprised that she's there? They're best friends. They're like, Alyssa was there. Yeah. No doy. They're best friends. She went to her best friend's house for comfort because her dad was killed. And Alyssa says, Connie had asked Melissa, will you let Alyssa hang out with you while I plan the funeral and everything? So, you know, she doesn't have to be alone. So Alyssa says, she's upstairs. I'll go get Melissa. She's in the bathtub. Because who takes a bath with rose petals while your best friend is over sitting downstairs? It's symbolism. Okay. So she goes out of the room and one of the cops says, sweet girl, it's a shame she has to go through this. And one of the other cops gives this look like he wants to be manky. You know, like one of those manky smirks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sure, Jan. Sure, she's a sweet girl. So Alyssa (laughs) goes upstairs and says to Melissa in the tub, sorry to bother you, but there's two detectives down there that need to talk to you. There were three. So no wonder Alyssa is failing her classes. She cannot do simple counting. She's under duress. (laughs) There were clearly three detectives in her living room. Okay. There's two detectives downstairs. That needs to talk to you. Well, maybe two of them needed to talk to her and the other one did not. <laughs> the other one didn't. He's, he's like the intern that's the tag along. He's fine. He's getting. He's got all the lunch. information. He's he like, I'm just already. taking lunch orders here. Yeah. <laughs> do whatever. Did you want so, the Reuben? Who wanted the Reuben? <laughs> <laughs> so detectives talk to Melissa. They say she seems nervous. She says, I'm really close to Alyssa. And Connie and Ron were like second parents to me. So they ask about Aaron, the boyfriend, and she says, he seems like a great guy. I was like, is it the stripping yes. that makes him seem like a great guy? It's the, his reaction to the water that he he didn't get really mad and like TP their cars. That's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. To me, he seems like he has the personality of a sack of potatoes. Yeah, he is kind of a turnip head. Yeah. Yeah. Get it. So she says... Aaron was with us the day of Valentine's Day. And the cops are like, what? We didn't know that. This is brand new information. The cops are a little behind on the eight ball. I don't know if that's the right expression. They're kind of five steps behind in everything going on in this episode. You know what kind of cops wouldn't be behind? Who? And would have solved this case already? British cops. Oh, absolutely. I'm talking about Poirot. I'm talking about Miss Marple talking about any detective that's British, European, Canadian, just not American. If Poirot or Sherlock were on this case, this Mm -hmm. episode would be three and a half minutes long. Done. Bing, bang, boom. Believe it or not, I may have actually gotten tired of watching the same repeats of all my favorite shows. You know who you are, shows. I'm looking at you. I need some new episodes. TV has been my saving grace this past my whole life. And I am <laughs> feeling like I'm burned out on the shows that I have on in the background and the shows that I binge at night were the focus shows. I have focus shows that I binge and then I have background shows during the day. But then I got Acorn TV, yes. the largest commercial free British streaming service that features shows from around the world, award-winning mysteries, dramas, comedies, and more. They have new releases every week. They have shows that feature clever writing, incredible acting, like David Tennant. That's all you needed to say, basically. Like, check. I'm in. I just discovered this new show that they have called Keeping Faith. 
And I recognize the actress from it. I binged three episodes last night. I stayed up way too late because I started at like 11 and then I couldn't stop. And I cannot wait to find out what happens. It's about a lawyer and her happy marriage in a small town until her husband goes missing. And then everyone thinks she might have done it. And everyone has secrets. The whole family has secrets. The whole town has secrets. They have secrets. (sighs) Everyone has secrets, you guys. Small Small British town. Secrets. It's so up my alley. You'll get thousands of hours of new enthralling content on Acorn TV for a fraction of the cost compared to most streaming services at just $5.99 a month. They have Law & Order UK. What else do I have to say? Nothing. Dun, dun. You've hit it. You've hit David Tennant, Law and Order UK, and Secrets. We're in. Where yes, do we please. sign up? And there's a ton of stuff that I added to my watch list. I will keep talking about Acorn, and I will keep you updated on all the shows that I'm watching because I added about 75 shows to my watch list. So It's a fantastic service. I'm so excited to be part of the Acorn group now. So if you're ready for a streaming service that offers... New stories, new characters, and breathtaking sceneries every week. Do what I did and get Acorn TV. Do what Katie did. Try Acorn TV free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use our promo code date dateline. That's A-C-O-R-N dot TV code date dateline to get your first 30 days free. I'm obsessed. What are you waiting for? <laughs> That's horrible and not right, but really step to it. Chop, chop. (laughs) There's been a murder in here. That was horrible. Murder? Murder? I'm so excited. They have comedies too, though. They have everything. everything. They have documents. Yeah, they have everything. They really do. They have There's a whole Irish channel, like just Irish stuff. Check it out, guys. Yeah, so excited. Thank you, Acorn. Thank you so much, Acorn. We are so excited to have you. Aaron admits that he couldn't get along with Ron. I wonder why, Aaron. Is it possible that that's because you never have any clothes on around Ron's teenage daughter? Is that? No? Oh, that's not it. It's something else. I feel like that's it. Okay, that's it. That's, I would think that that's what it, you just, you hang out in the front lawn at night in your underwear? Does that have anything to do with it? No. Okay. So that's just good sense. (laughs) He wanted to give the neighbors a show. Yeah. So Aaron says, I took Alyssa and Melissa home the day of the murder. But then he breaks. He has more to say. He tells us what happened. And in his remembering of the scene, he's shirtless again because he's in the kitchen with Connie, his girlfriend's mom. So, of course, he has no shirt on. And he tries to touch one of the plethora of mushrooms that are on the counter. And Connie is like, no, don't touch that. And I thought she was going to say, those are poisonous. You'll die. Yeah. Because that's what you would assume, right? But she says, no, those are sacred to my husband. I guess it's smart to not have poisonous mushrooms around a six-year-old girl, though. So that I give them props for. But she doesn't live there, Kimberly. Where We haven't seen her. She's never there. Where 
is Sandia. Could they just not get that child for more than one day of shooting? Like, what is that? No, because you got to hire the onset tutor and they have such limited hours that kids can work. It's intense to have kids. Sometimes you have to have like extra fire marshals and stuff if you have kids. Yeah, it's expensive and intense. Yeah. Yeah, they wrote her out as much as possible. Hashtag where is Sandia? Hashtag Reach out Sandia. to us. Find Sandia. Are you okay? Somebody find her on IMDb. Let's make sure she's okay. So Connie grabs his hand, Aaron's hand in the kitchen while he's shirtless, like she's trying to seduce him. That's what I thought. 100%. And she says, I need you to get rid of my husband. And he says, no. But inst- all of a sudden he becomes really smart. And he says, I am extremely uncomfortable right now. He uses big words all of a sudden that are not in character. We haven't heard him talk much. He's never talked much. And all of a sudden he's saying things like, I'm feeling extremely uncomfortable right now. Maybe that's As how he talks. Maybe because you're shirtless and you're holding hands with your girlfriend's mother. Maybe. He I says, mean, no, that. I won't kill your husband. He storms out past a giant snake on the coffee table. Well. We're still working the symbolism. Oh, yeah. Then we see all of our suspects facing the camera dramatically. Mm. Was it Aaron who so desperately wants to be shirtless that he's willing to kill? Who? Was it wife Connie who is sick of coming in second place to the mushrooms? Did they say that? No, I'm, I'm saying Oh, God. That. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> also, I said the thing about Aaron. They didn't say that either. I knew the thing about Aaron, but the mushroom thing sounded like something they could have said. It sounded real, right? Was it daughter Alyssa who wanted to fail math and run up the water bill by pouring buckets on Aaron? Was it Alyssa's friend Melissa who just wants to take a bath in peace? And that's it. They don't suggest Roger. They bought those black and white photos that could be so easily doctored that they don't even include him in the lineup. And he seemed like a main suspect. 100% because why else is he there? I guess because he's sleeping with Connie. But like he didn't deserve that whole intro scene, that awkward dinner with the bloody worms and stuff. Like he was barely in it. So also they don't suggest it's Sandia because I would cut to Sandia and be like, was it Sandia? She is not going to be ignored anymore. <laughs> My family doesn't act like I exist. They never feed me. Uh, I know. For real. So they just so, okay. The police offer daughter Alyssa immunity because they feel like she's the least likely to do it. And I was like, have you seen her grades recently? Oh, my gosh. They're slipping. She's a hoodlum. With the grades. <laughs> Remember the grades. So oh they feel like they can break her. They they tell her, we're going to have to make you take a lie detector test. And that freaks her out. So she just says, forget the lie detector test. I'll just tell you. Wow. I don't, I don't want to take it because I have to lie. So I'm just going to tell you. So then we start to get flashbacks of what actually happened that day. And here's the biggest OMG moment. Sandia was with them when they were shopping. Okay. All of a sudden, she's back. She's sitting in the car with them with shopping bags. So they did take her shopping. No, I'm throwing up my hands. I don't know. I was so confused. Also, did you catch this for symbolism? Did you notice what is in her lap? What is it? A stuffed unicorn. And I think it's the same one from the Tartans episode. 
This show is a magical woven tale. It's like Lost. It has the symbolism of the TV show Lost. I have to go. I can't be serious. <laughs> she has the unicorn. I got so excited. I kept rewinding and zooming in. I was like, the unicorn. I did see the unicorn and it didn't register. But now that you're saying it, I know. Yeah, it's that white one with the big eyes. I know. It's not the ceramic one. It's the one that the mom is stroking, the stuffed one. No, I know. It's the white. It's the stuffed one that she's holding, that the wife is holding. Yeah, I know. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. So I know. And Sandy is with them. Sandy is still alive. I think they're not expecting. Here's what I think they're doing. Accidental symbolism, because I think they're not expecting people like us to be watching (laughs) and dissecting (laughs) the show. I'd be like, that's the same unicorn as in season five, episode 10, Clash of the Tartans. But I think they put in a tartan skirt on purpose. I think it's... <laughs> they would be, if we wrote them a letter explaining what we thought the through line was, we'd get we'd get a restraining order. I want to watch every episode now and I want to red string it on the wall to show all the connections between all the episodes and just have them think that we are insane. That's what I, I want to do. I would love to think that our listeners would stay with us through this journey on Blood Relatives. <laughs> I want to like, do I, it from I feel first like they, I feel episode. like they wouldn't. I, know, I feel you like we'd start to get emails that were really sad. Like, oh, I really like you move guys, on, guys. But blood relatives. Was <laughs> I, I, I feel like you guys are becoming too obsessed with it and don't care about the podcast anymore. You've let yourselves go. You're not doing any of your you've stopped doing Dateline episodes. You only do blood relatives now. All of your social media posts are about blood relatives. Katie's not even putting on her makeup. She's got like one eyelash that's one <laughs> week old. Then the show goes off the air and it's just like, what do we do now? We would have nothing. You know that Portlandia episode where they finished Battlestar Galactica? <laughs> they're just sitting there. Yeah. And their their hair's all crazy and they smell and they just like take out containers everywhere. That's what that's what I feel like would happen. But I kind of I related to that episode very (laughs) much so. And I'm sure you did, too. I did it with Luigi's Haunted Mansion. That reminds me of Luigi's Haunted Mansion. That was the most intense gameplay. Yeah, all night. We will have to do that again. Yeah. We'll have to repeat it. (laughs) That was the most fun. So they return from shopping with Sandia. Connie's driving. Melissa, the friend, is in the front seat. Alyssa, daughter, is in the back seat with Sandia, her little sister. Connie says, will you girls help me carry the bags inside? And Melissa, the friend, says, sure, and goes inside with Connie carrying all the bags. And Alyssa stays in the back seat with Sandia, but they had just arrived home from shopping. So why wouldn't they get out of the car Two and go inside the house. Sorry, and where is Aaron and all this? Aaron is- just dropped them off from school and then he's gone. He wasn't part of the shopping trip. Why wouldn't the two girls in the back seat go inside the house? We're about to find out. Were they just planning to drop off the bags and then go get Froyo? I was confused. It makes no sense. Okay. Go get Froyo. The bags weren't taking up that much room. I don't understand. So, Alyssa says, I was in the backseat with Sandia. She is playing with the pet unicorn. And I'm just staring out the window thinking about my shirtless boyfriend. 
And all of a sudden, there were shots that rang out from inside the house. I don't know who fired them, but she never talked about it again. So the cops bring in Melissa and they interview her again. And this time it's in the, it's in a dark room, but in front of a weird light board, like a long horizontal light panel type yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. It's very strange. Like you're you're developing photos or something and the light is just staring right at her. And so she tells them the truth. She says that day, Connie and I go into the house and Connie says, Melissa, I need to tell you what's been happening. Ron is abusing all of us in the family, all kinds of abuse. I know this is brand new information. Melissa is like, I'm 16. Why are you confiding in me? Yeah, pretty much. Why are you telling me all this? But she feels badly. She's like, I, I want to help. What can I do to help? And Connie says, well, she pulls a gun out. I want you to go to the kitchen where Ron is while we are currently having this conversation. He's like one room over in the kitchen. I want you to fire this gun at him just to scare him. There's five bullets in there. I don't know why we need to know that. Just fire at him and scare him and tell him to stop all of the abuse. And Melissa says she wants to help. So she's like, okay. What? You just feel so badly for Melissa. What? Like, it's insane. No, leave the house. But also she's a teenager and felt really badly. But also she's confused. This is her best friend. But this is also the first time she's hearing any of this information. Like Alyssa's never, no one's told her about this before. I'm so confused. And here's a gun. And we just went shopping. I don't understand. And we're supposed to be going for Froyo. Right. And now I have to shoot at someone. Right. And I've never shot a gun before. Know, why would you give it to this teenage girl to do? Why can't Connie just do it herself? Uh, why is she trying to get everyone to do it for her? First she tried Roger and then she tried Aaron. And now she's trying poor Melissa. It's because she doesn't want her fingerprints or gunshot residue on her hands. But does she think that Melissa is of sound mind enough that if this works, that Melissa's not going to somehow crack under pressure? What are you That's talking a, such about? Such a good point. That is, she's not the person you want to trust in trust with At this the last biggest minute. secret of your life that can send you to jail. Okay. So Melissa goes to the kitchen and Ron is bent over looking at his mushrooms with a magnifying glass like oh, Jessica give it Fletcher. A rest. <laughs> Jessica Ron, Fletcher. give it a rest. He's like the ridges on this one. The ridges on the carpore little side are perpendicular to the pustules. I don't know what do mushrooms have. I don't know. I feel like they have ridges. They do so, have ridges. Ridges is good. Yeah. I think it might be called folds. Not fold, sure. Ew, I don't like that. Don't at me. I don't like that Maybe at all. Not. Sorry. Okay. So Melissa freezes. It says, I can't do this. And well, again, no joy. Ron is unaware that there's a full on thing happening behind him. Oh my God. Where there's a girl that's panicking, can't shoot him. So Connie comes behind Melissa with another gun. Oh, my sweet There's Lord. a second gun. She points it at Melissa and she's saying, shoot him, shoot him. Ron doesn't turn around. So Melissa just shoots. The first shot misses. And Connie's saying, shoot him again, shoot him again. So this time Ron turns around and she shoots him in the forehead and then shoots him, I guess, again, or she throws down the gun or something. And I don't know. He wounds up being shot a couple of times. Throws down the gun. 
doesn't she doesn't know to wipe off her fingerprints or do anything no have they not checked connie must have wiped the fingerprints off i don't know she just runs outside and when Alyssa in the car with sandia sees her best friend running out crying she doesn't ask questions she knows about the plan we think so but, but they're very vague about it they don't really explain that right away they just they act like they just never talk about it Alyssa never asks who shot the gun. Hey, I just heard gunshots. Which one of you shot who? I don't know about anything. They just never, ever talk about it. They just never talk about it. She doesn't want to know. She wants her hands clean of the whole thing. What does Sandia think? What did they tell Sandia? She heard the gunshots too. She got really scared and she clung to her sister with her unicorn. This makes no sense. Why would you do it? Why would you do it when the little daughter is in the car outside and can hear the gunshots? And then they what? Go for Froyo? I made up the whole Froyo thing, but I don't yeah. I don't understand. So Connie and Melissa are both arrested. We see Connie making the super fake 911 call. Like, my husband, he's just been murdered. And then she like hangs up the phone and straightens her dress and is like, hmm, <laughs> like super fake phony. My God. Now, Melissa, in her interviews, her real life interviews are saying, I feel like Alyssa should have been held more accountable because she was in on it. But remember, she was given immunity at the beginning. So apparently she did know about it. Again, they never tell us that directly. So we think she knew about the whole plan, I guess. And that's why she didn't volunteer to go bring the bags in, I guess. She knew the friend was, I don't know. I'm confused. Do we ever know what Alyssa thought? Do we ever knew, know really what Alyssa knew? No, they don't. They just kind of say that Melissa thinks that she knew stuff and that she should have been held accountable. But the, I think the cops kind of feel like, well, she and Melissa were kind of taken advantage of by the mom. Maybe. Well, yeah. Which I totally agree with. Absolutely. But we still don't really know what Alyssa thought. So they think Connie didn't want to split custody and get divorced. She just wanted him gone. What is the problem with splitting custody with Sandia? She is never there anyways. So half splitting custody would be less than how much she's there now. She's there a third of the time she's there now. No, 3% of the time there now. So half would be a step up. Yeah, I feel like it's a win. Melissa testifies that when she fired the last shot, Connie said, thank you. Just really creepy. I don't like that. And then we hear her on the stand from her trial. Oh, and it's this is heartbreaking. Awful. It's so unbelievably sad. We hear Melissa, who again was a teenager. You hear the 16 year old. It's rough. She's like, I shot him. Connie said, thank you. And then she says, mom, I'm sorry. She's like calling out to her mom on the stand. She's crying. She says, mom, I'm so sorry. And I was just like, oh, my God. It's so sad. She was so manipulated. And she got 30 years for shooting him. But she is paroled after 10. Okay. And she's in this interview. And she's in this interview and seems to be doing well. I think she has a kid now, she said. So I, I hope good things for her. I do, too. She was completely manipulated, unless we don't know all of the story, which is sometimes happens. But I from what I gather, she is completely manipulated by Connie. Yeah. Connie gets 85 years, which is good. 
why did Connie do it? She didn't she, want a divorce and that's it? Yeah, and the custody. That was it. Of the child we never see. And Alyssa, Alyssa, who is her daughter, not his. So I'm assuming she had custody anyways. And also that girl was going off to college soon, except she wasn't. She didn't have the grades for it. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> she was gonna turn 18 no anyways. life insurance yeah we don't know we don't know about life insurance that's a good point maybe he got like we don't really know what his job is that much yeah we know he maybe had to fire people but maybe that wasn't true and maybe he worked with roger and maybe he had to go to dayton half the week but we don't quite know what he was doing aaron gets six months probation for failing to report condi's scheme because he was shirtless in the kitchen and knew what she was planning to do. He didn't know exactly, though. No, he didn't know exactly. Also, what about Roger? Roger could have kind of known. I mean, she was hinting. She was definitely hinting that she wanted Roger to do that. Yeah. Alyssa goes free, and the detectives are really bummed about that. I have so many lingering questions, though. Number one, who's taking care of the mushrooms? That was like a prize. I hope he was in some sort of club. Oh, they died. And he had it in his will that he gave them to somebody else in his mushroom collecting club. I feel like they were worth money or something. No, they're not worth money. It's just a collection. They were in jars. They're not worth money. They just go away unless one of them is like a new specimen that's never been discovered. And in that case, it goes to science. And it gets named after him. The Ronificer. The Tomich. The the Tomich truffle. There you go. I love it. Also, where is the child? So poor girl, who's going, who takes care of her now? Hopefully there are good relatives. I don't think she should be with Alyssa. No, no, not at all. Why was it so much about mushrooms, but no one got poisoned with mushrooms? Also, why was it about mushrooms and it was a snake? For some reason, I feel like a toad would have been a better fit for a mushroom episode. No, because they're trying to do snake in the grass. They are attempting. I know you don't think that a chameleon has anything to do, but it did. And a bearded dragon had to do with that episode, too. They are trying to do like. But don't you think most of these episodes could be a snake in the grass? Yes, I think a lot of them could be chameleon. There's only so many animals they can use. It's probably why there are multiple snake episodes and multiple others. But Katie, I saw a frog episode. Okay, did you look up the frog? I don't know what it meant. I didn't watch the whole episode, but I saw there was an episode with the frog that was just hopping around in the scenes. Let's see what it is. Let's see if it's some sort of weird poisonous frog that eats its mate. Let's find out. Mm, Oh, maybe it has slow-mo of it catching a fly with its tongue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I guarantee you they're going to be They're I feel like they're trying to go in that vein. I feel like we're I don't think they're trying to put it in random. I could be wrong. I think they are trying to pick animals that kind of make sense. Yeah, I'm curious about the beetle and the centipede. There's a centipede one that I saw. Me too. I saw one with a white spider. It was like one of those like clearish white spiders that creeps me out. Oh, so creepy. Those no milky bugs. No bugs that are milky looking. No no potato bugs. None of that. Get get those out of here. And I won't do, if there's one with a tarantula, I will not do it. Like I won't, I won't be able to do it. Like I won't even be able to have it on my screen because if I accidentally go to the bathroom and come back and see it on my screen, I'm going to think it's real. Okay. I'm that scared of spiders. Roger had nothing to do with this. Poor Roger. Hope he finds love. 
And is Aaron ever going to put his shirt on again? So many qu- Did Alyssa ever get her grades up? No. So many questions. No. <laughs> just no. Not after all this. Or maybe she did. Maybe she just flipped her life around. Did you think Aaron and her stayed together? No. No. I also feel, I don't know how they stayed together after her mom approached him and said, can you kill my husband for me? Right? Tell your girlfriend, man. Or she already knew. I don't know. But I also kind of feel like, I feel bad for Alyssa because the number that must have been done on her by Connie must have been unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. You're in this with me. We're against him. It's a whole team thing. Like, it's very, very bad. That's Mm -hmm. bad. Yeah, it's super bad. But how she was able to pull that on Melissa in a span of two minutes, because Alyssa said it was just a few minutes of her sitting in the car and before the gunshots rang out. So literally they walk in the house, put down the bags. Connie says to Melissa, he's abusive. Will you kill him? In a in a conversation that lasts two minutes, Melissa agrees to go do it. But she thought she was just going to scare him, right? Right? Did she actually think she was going to scare him? Well, some of the articles, I think, I guess the original story is that Melissa couldn't do it and Connie took the gun from her. But then when faced with the lie detector, she was like, okay, no, this is what actually happened. Gotcha. She did actually shoot him. But yeah. I don't know about the gun pointed at her. I, ha- I wonder about that. Yeah. Did Connie have the second gun? There was also something about a disposing of a gun, which I didn't get to. Yeah. Where did the guns go? Because they never found the gun. I think it said the 15 year old daughter threw it away. So there's Alyssa was pretty involved. Yeah. I think she was because of how disappointed the police officers were that they couldn't yeah. get her on anything. They seemed bummed. And I'm like, she had more to do with this. That's a good point. Yeah, the whole scene inside. But think about that. You're 17. You're an authority figure. Right. Absolutely. It almost seems like it would be easier to do in a short period of time than than sitting down and like trying to reason with a 15 year old instead. Before you have time to think about it too much. Right. Instead, what you're doing is being like, this is an urgent matter and we have to do this right now. We are in danger. He is actively hurting everyone. And teenagers don't think about consequences as much because that part of their brain's not fully developed. So she wasn't thinking about the consequences. It was like, let's do this now. But I would love to know what Connie thought was going to happen in this scenario that she thought that somehow this was going to work out. Was she just going to be like, I walked in and she pulled a gun on him. Right. But she doesn't say it was Melissa. She never she never says it. She says she walked in, found him dead, but she didn't stage it like a robbery. So what was she thinking was going to happen? Why didn't she make it seem like a robbery or was she trying to make it seem like it was someone from his work? But then you have to make it look like someone broke in. Or like he let somebody in and there's two glasses of water sitting there. So it looks like someone was there and he let them in and they talked about him being fired and then they shot him. And so the only other option was that she was going to shift the blame completely to Melissa somehow. But Melissa is seen on camera shopping with you. We know you're together. So you arrived home at the same time. She's stupid. I don't I don't understand. <laughs> she She's dumb. I think maybe she's dumb. It's really it's really bad planning. I feel like she could have staged that scene a whole lot better. And it's really involving minors that have no I mean, it's horrific enough. And then the way that you're doing this is just you're ruining. It's like 
radiate out ruining yeah. people, right? Also, it's involving too many people, which will get you caught. She has asked now thrice. I have asked you thrice for new towels. She's thrice asked people to help her kill her husband instead of just doing it yourself, Connie, or hire a hitman. Just hire a freaking hitman. You don't have to involve everyone around you thrice. Seriously. Is that Shit's Creek? Yes. It's even like on merch. People sell it on Etsy. I have asked you thrice. Um, Melissa posted a meme once that was so funny. And it was like when your kids won't brush their teeth. And then it's David going, I have asked you thrice. That's such a good joke. Herberblinger. Herberblinger. Totally. Fruit bind. All right. That's it. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you. If you would like us to continue on our just blood relatives rabbit hole where we start a Reddit thread, perhaps like a very meta in-depth dive into this series. Maybe one of those YouTube channels that only covers the, you know, like the YouTube channels that cover the drama on with other YouTubers. It would be like that sort of thing. A conspiracy YouTube channel. A conspiracy YouTube channel that is. Blood relatives from my D network. You got it. That's we would what get I'm approximately five people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who would be heavily involved. Heavily interested in it. Yeah. Invested. Yeah. It's hard to not get invested. Once you start to see the signs, it's rough. Yeah. It's like falling down the Scientology hole. Because now we have color palettes too. This episode had a snake, many snakes, rose petals and roses and mushrooms and the color blue. And the return of the unicorn. The return of the unicorn and the color blue in all the clothing. That's five. I have asked you five times for clean towels. Quintuplets times. Quint towels. Yeah, maybe. That's five symbolism threads going. That's crazy. All right. You have a package coming from Amazon. I think if it didn't come today, it'll be there tomorrow. And I almost included a big board in it, but I thought you would kill me. But I realized now looking back that I probably should have with yeah, push I'm pins. Gonna, I need a board with push pins and I need a lot of colored ink for my printer because I will be printing out screen grabs of all of this and red string. You might have to draw them. Colored ink is so expensive. I just had to buy ink and I just loathe to spend the money on I know. ink. It feels like a waste. And you can't buy the fake ink because half the time, if you buy like the off-brand ink, it doesn't work. No, and my printer will thank me for buying guaranteed authentic ink. Thank you. It says thank you. Thank you for feeding me with authentic, certified, 100%. It doesn't say that. I swear to you. Take a picture next time. Take a picture of that. I need to see that. What is this printer that you you have some souped up fancy printer that I don't know about? No, it's just an HP. That's normal. That's top of the line. I like that. It was a gift from my brother for Hanukkah. I asked for it specifically. Oh, that's such a good gift. I love that. He said, what do you need? Like, what do you actually will use? And I was like, my printer died like two years ago and I go to Kinko's and I don't like it. Is there? And he got me a printer. I adore that you gave an object because there are so many times when I ask you what you want and it's always nothing or gift certificates or et cetera, et cetera. So the fact that he was able to get you an object that you love, Matt, you're the champion. Whenever I print stuff out, whenever I print out an Amazon return or any stuff, I print stuff out for the podcast all the time. 
and I touch it gently and I say, thank you, Matt. I am mildly jealous I couldn't get there, but I'm <laughs> I'm happy you have one. Really, at the end of the day, I'm happy. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Take care of each other. Be nice to each other this weekend. Be kind to your family. Be kind to your friends. Thank you. Oh, all of you that said you listen to double dates on Saturdays when you go for your runs. I don't know what that means and what you're doing on why you're running. Who are the, wait, who are they running from? <laughs> I think for exercise, for themselves, for their own joy. I don't understand it, but good for you. A few of you have told us that, and they said they save the double dates for their Saturday runs. So keep on jogging, ladies. Are you training? Are they are they training for a triathlon? Yeah, some of them, I guess. Yeah, some of them do train for like half marathons and stuff. Yeah, that's impressive. I know. I don't understand it, but good for you. Good on you. Yeah. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.